Hello there. Happy Monday. Happy Welcome, Monday. everybody. How's it going? September 14th. Good golly. So I, I watch, um, or I follow Shudder on Twitter, and they've been doing the 61 Days of Halloween, where they're just like leading up with a l- huge list of movies that you can watch mm-hmm. on Shudder uh, leading up to October 31st. And right is, now? Yeah. This, oh, it cool. started September 1st. Oh, that's cool. And it's week three of it. And I'm like, wait what? a second. <laughs> yeah. How many weeks into September are we? Dude, it's almost Halloween. Dude, like, it's that crazy. is next month. I know. I know. It's That's absolutely crazy. wild. Because the first started on a Tuesday, so we had those first four days. The last week was a full five-day week or seven-day week. And now this is technically the third day. And I'm like, bro, what the yeah. fuck? Crazy. <laughs> Where did the... <laughs> what? <laughs> I still don't feel like August even happened. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's... Yeah, I, I don't remember August. Yeah, I don't What either. happened in August? Dude, who knows, man? I guess we went to Seattle. That's true. That was for a sec there. Dude, that's wild, man. Yeah, I just like, I don't know. Time. What is the, what is the concept of time? Uh, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. Did you have a good weekend? It was pretty good. Yeah. I uh, mostly took some time off uh, from working. I went and saw Tenet. As one I know, should. I know you went and saw Tenet, too, and we went to different <laughs> showings. We were supposed we to, go to go together. to the same one. And uh, uh, so you got directed to a different showing. Yeah. Right? So the Mission Tiki Theater over in Montclair is playing four showtimes of Tenet, 8, 830, 1130, and 1145. Mm-hmm. So we got Lucas and I, we were going to in together, but I was delayed. So I said, just go get yourself a spot and then we'll meet you there. So and we're going to go at 830 because we figured 830 is good. And, you know, if the eight, eight o'clock one fills up, we can just go to another one. Yeah. So we got there and I was like, uh, tickets for uh, Tenet, 830. Pay for it. Hand me the ticket. I drive into the lot, and uh, I did like four circles. I'm like, no Lucas, no Lucas. So weird, no Lucas. I was like, front row, bro. I'm in the front. Yeah, and so we drove. And I, to be honest with you, I don't know why I didn't just text you and ask you where you were, mm-hmm. like I should have, because then I started texting him about Tenet, and we were talking about the movie, and it wasn't until I realized that there were other people there that I knew who were there for the eight o'clock show. And I was like, wait a second. Mm. I'm where at what what screen am I at? And I looked and it's at eight o'clock tenant, so I didn't even see the movie with Lucas. Yeah. But I mean <laughs> but we, you went with we, other people. we saw it together kind yeah, of. Yeah, you went we with your roommates. The same uh, uh mile radius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went with my roommates. Yeah. Um it was a it was a fun time at the movies. <laughs> Can we talk about how confusing that movie? Do we was? want to talk about the movie? Do we want to give a quick review? Yeah. I okay. I, I would say like we should just shouldn't spoil it. Yeah, but. I think um half of my confusion with that movie was the terrible audio mixing. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that? It was inaudible. And it, that and I thought that maybe this is an issue with my car speaker and it's it's doing some weird surround sound thing via FM radio. Yeah. And then I just looked it up and it's like that is the main complaint from everyone. I was like how do you put out a, a two hundred million? How many? How many millions did they spend? Two hundred and ten million or something. What? He's he's had this problem in the past too. Every movie. Every movie. He's he's got this weird like figure it out kind of feel about yeah. his audio mixing. He so Christopher Nolan is notorious for not wanting to do any sort of ADR. Mm-hmm. None at all. He wants to use one hundred percent of the audio he captures on the set. That's just so pretentious. And sometimes. Whether we like it or not, dialogue and actors, they're hard to understand. Yeah. I mean, there's a scene, not to spoil it, but they're sailing out on the ocean. And 
it's they're just screaming at each other, and I can't understand and a word all, of it. It's all recorded through the microphone, yeah. and you can't make out what they're can't saying. Can't understand a word of it. Yeah, and I know this was a really big controversial thing two other times. Once in Inception with Ken Watanabe, mm -hmm. who like okay, he's Japanese, so he has a very thick American accent. So mm -hmm. it's like understandable that everything he says is not going to be perfectly understood totally fine yeah the second time was with bane with bane in that like airplane scene holy right? shit yeah because yeah. as we know he likes to release the prologue prologues of his movies early and i remember i i drove out to like bfe somewhere to go see the prologue for dark knight rises i couldn't understand a thing that bane yeah. was saying in that prologue and it got so much criticism that he actually i ADR'd think it. adr'd it right yeah yeah, yeah. So, and and he's just been notorious for that and it's weird to me because Someone as someone who's like such a visual storyteller, yeah. you would think that on the technical side of it, he would be very much in tune with like what sounds good, mm -hmm. but he just is not. And every movie that he's made, except for maybe Dunkirk, yeah, because it very has very little dialogue mm -hmm. and it's mostly filled with sound effects. Yeah, there's there's not a ton of talking, yeah. and that is his main problem is mixing the dialogue with you know the rest of the score yeah and, and, yeah and it's just like it was rough it and was really rough we had to turn the volume up pretty loud to like be able mm -hmm. to understand stuff um and on top of that it's like from his direction yeah. you've got people not really and this is okay with good audio but they're kind of mumbling mm -hmm. a lot of like thick british accents right so it's like man i i don't and like he's go he's trying to go so quick that there's no real room to breathe yeah. so it's just like point 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 and everybody's explaining a thousand things a minute yeah. and i can't even hear it so it's yeah. just a very convoluted on top of mess. that you have kenneth brana doing this like not great russian yeah. accent and i'm like just hire a Russian actor. Yeah. Why do you need Kenneth Branagh? Yeah. <laughs> Kenneth Branagh is great, but there's so many Russian actors in Hollywood. It, uh, it's a very visually pleasing movie. Yeah. Some really awesome imagery that's just like mind bending. Mm -hmm. uh, stuff that we haven't really seen since a movie like Inception. Right, right. Um, and uh, there's some really, really cool time travel concepts. Yeah. Otherwise, it's very, very hard to follow. It's it's yes. just an absolute mess yeah, in, in some regard. Lucas and I were talking about it before the show, and I think the big thing that I've really been thinking about a lot over the weekend is how Inception, you kind of just get dropped into the middle of this movie, mm -hmm. and you have to just kind of be on board with the concept of like going into people's dreams and stealing information and dreams within dreams and that whole concept. Because this movie spends 45 minutes trying to like explain it to you mm -hmm. i feel like it makes it even more confusing mm -hmm. and it and i think you're right like there are some visual elements to the movie that i think are really cool yeah you know and seeing some of the stuff play in reverse motion is really cool. So cool and i know that i did some reading and he actually had a lot of the actors film the same take multiple times forward and backwards yeah and the actors even had to learn some of their dialogue forward and backwards wow. Which I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, and that's some of the choreography, I was just like, I have no idea how they pulled this yeah, off. Yeah, like know, this some hand to hand combat. Awesome. Like you can't, like you can't green screen this shit. Right, you know? right. So some of it was really, really cool. And and some of like some of his um, some of his fight choreography in his other movies has not usually been great. Yeah, and I feel like here, considering the complications of it, it was pretty it was good. Pretty, pretty good choreography. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think the movie just spent way too much time. Having John David Washington go from scene to scene to scene to scene that's nothing but exposition yeah. and exposition. Just constant talking of 
here's what he, you know someone explaining to him all the rules of this stuff yeah. uh just and him or him explaining the rules of all of the, all of this stuff and it's all like made up and i don't even think like it like we were having the talk whenever we were coming home from the movie. Like my roommates were like, "Man, I want to see that five times to understand it." And I'm mm-hmm. like, "I don't think you will," because they just yeah. he just didn't have some answers for some stuff. Which yeah. he's he's notorious for that too. Mm-hmm. Of you know, just give you partial information, right. all that you need. Fill in the um, blank sort of stuff. So I don't know that you would actually learn some of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and the the lack of character development at all was really mm-hmm. just kind of like it made it kind of a frustrating movie because that you know yeah. like they're they're plotting or they're trying to save the world from World War Three as as we learn in the trailer. Mm-hmm. I don't care if any of them die. Yeah. I'm like, none of you matter to me. You've only been talking, and I don't like, I've yeah. never seen a moment of introspection. Just look out across the ocean and think for five <laughs> seconds. Of like, man, I don't want to lose this world. It's as easy as that. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, dude, me too. Come on, let's save but it. But this movie is just like. But you're just like, boom, 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 and everyone's like, the world's going to end. We have to save it. Okay, yeah. like, all right, I don't care if you die. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that made that's the that to me is like what made the biggest difference in uh, Inception versus this. Yeah, I really you care, care about, about those characters. yeah, like I care about Cobb, even characters like Eames, mm-hmm. uh, Arthur, Ariadne, got like, all of them. Like tossing in a character with a sense of humor. Yeah. You know, this movie didn't really have that. Yeah, yeah, and I think like there's a lot of just missed opportunities. Like John David Washington is such a charismatic, good actor. Yeah, and I feel like for the most part he's so just like. Middle of the road, mm-hmm. uh, milk toast, or whatever the which, term is. It, yeah, which is it, like, why? He's John David Washington. It would make sense to have a character like that, like a CIA operative. Like, man, I got to be level-headed. But, like, give him, like, a funny sidekick yeah. or something. I mean, even uh, Leo DiCaprio char- character in, in uh, Inception, he's, like, a little more complex, a yeah. little layered. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, you are very much, like, the straight man in the story, but, like... I'm still invested in you. Yeah, yeah. You, he has like a a goal and a battle. Like, yeah, we never even learned this guy's name or like why he cares no, about the earth. He's literally credited as the protagonist. the protagonist. That's his name. We don't know what he's fighting for. Yeah. Like, we don't care except for this like this one kid who we don't even spend any time yeah. with. It's like it's all about saving this kid. It feels like mostly it's pers- weird. Yeah, it feels mostly like it feels like there's no personal stakes in it for John David Washington's yeah. character. Yeah, whereas I don't get with it. like Don with like Cobb. DiCaprio's character, there's like a whole reason why he's in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just like, to me, I think Neil was probably my favorite character, Agreed. Robert Pattinson's yeah. character. Yeah, he was good. Uh, and then Elizabeth Debicki, I think, is my second favorite. She's just, like, they just have the most kind of like to do, and they're the most, I don't know, like well rounded characters, mm-hmm. I would almost say. She's a really good actor. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen her in much. I'm mm. sure I, I, I she recognized was in Guardians her. 2. Yeah, that's right. Uh, she's the. Um, the, not the celestial, the, the with the gold paint. The, yeah, yeah, the golden. Uh, I forget what the character's name is. Aisha, I think, is the character's name, and she's in the Man from Uncle. She was a, a really good actor, yeah. had a really good performance, uh, and she was like basically the only character with character. It yeah. felt like you yeah. know, uh, Robert Pattinson was like a nice, like kind of like charming version mm-hmm. of uh, the protagonist. Right, but he also like great acting. But I'm just like I don't I don't care about this guy. Or, yeah, like, or like why he's alive. Oh, is that my phone? Sorry. So, no caller ID. That means you don't get an answer. Inter- the Sovereign. Yeah. The Sovereign. That's right. Yeah. Interesting movie uh, that I would say is worth the watch. Yeah. Because I, I was not... I was frustrated, but I was entertained. You know, I'm Same. like, I don't know what's happening, but like, it's really freaking pretty and cool yeah. looking. Emily and I were sitting there watching it, and we were both just like, I'm frustrated because I want to love this movie, mm-hmm. and I'm on board for so many of the visual elements of this, but I think... Christopher Nolan generally has this thing where he wants to make very complicated movies. Yeah. He doesn't want to make, like, simple films. Right. And 
I feel like sometimes that gets in the way of him telling really good stories. Yeah, this one felt more like it kind of felt like memento, but without the heart of like yeah. I just want to tell something that people are going to scratch their heads about and have right. to put a puzzle together. But then it's like whenever you put the puzzle together, it's not a very good story. Yeah. And, you know, like Memento, when you see there's like a really um, there's a good breakdown that Christopher Nolan does where he talks about like the hairpin storytelling element of Memento, mm -hmm. where he literally draws it out. Yeah. And he tells you how he switches from one story to the next. And it feels just like easy to follow mm -hmm. when you look at it that way. With this movie, I'm like, you have time travel, you have time manipulation, you mm -hmm. have time running in different directions. And I'm like, yeah, this almost feels like it needs to be t like this could have been a I think if this was a TV show, mm -hmm. like an HBO miniseries, like a 10 part series, yeah. I think like give me 12 hours to figure this yeah, out. Yeah, like I, this is time travel as we've never seen it before. Right, right. And he's trying to be like, here's how it works. Uh, also, there's a lot of inconsistencies with it. But, you know, you, yeah. don't, you don't have to know anything. Yeah. Just figure it out. And I think stuff. like. In that regard, I think it would have worked much much better as a TV show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's weird. It's the first. It's th genuinely like this is the first time I've seen a Christopher Nolan film in my life that I've because I actually really like Interstellar, and I know a lot yeah. of people hate that movie. I really like it, um, but this is the first time I walked out of a Christopher Nolan movie, and I was like, "Damn, I didn't love this." Yeah. Weird. Yeah, I didn't really love it. Weird. But I'm glad I got to go see it Same. at the drive-in. I had a good time. Yeah. Um, just hung out with friends and chilled and drank soda and ate popcorn. What a yeah. good time. Yeah. Can't beat it. And you kind of need that. You know, it's kind of like needed in yeah. these times, especially as we get closer to the to fall. Um, it's also rough, too, because, like, we are in the middle of an enormous fire all across the state. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, this theater is out east and... The, the those skies were pretty gray and dark yeah. and orange. And we all drove kinds by. Of... I don't know if you what, what route you took, but mm -hmm. we drove by some active fires that oh, were really? up in the mountains. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, so it's 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 nuts. But yeah, I was I was a little bummed to not come out of this movie being like, dude, I loved this. Mm -hmm. And who knows? Like, it's also possible that for me personally, like going to a drive-in also creates like an obstacle between me and the movie mm -hmm. because it's different than being in the theater. You got so many distractions and yeah, yeah, we you're like, using a car's audio. You yeah, know? and it's like you're using car's audio and there's people who were behind us where their lights kept turning on mm -hmm. and you're just like not 100% in the movie. You're more like 70, 30, yeah. 60, 40. Hanging out with people and you can kind of openly talk. Yeah, so I, I, I also wonder if like that also led to me not enjoying it as much, but I want to watch it again. I doubt that I'll get to see it in the theater because I don't think the theaters will be opened uh, by the time this movie is still like this movie. I think will be out of theaters. Mm -hmm. But if it comes out next year, if they do some sort of a re-release, I'll go check it out. But I will obviously watch it at home too to see like how I really feel about it. Yeah, um, it was. I'll watch. I'll watch it again. Yeah, for sure. I'll definitely watch it again, and I will like watch with subtitles and just like yeah, zone in. I want to watch with subtitles. Yeah, to make sure that like okay, is there key details I'm I'm not I've missed because I know Uberbaldi saw it as well this weekend. Mm -hmm. And uh, loved it. Yeah. Really big fan. And, like, that's kind of where I've seen people I want to love it. I think I need subtitles to really understand it. And I've seen it be, be divisive. Like, a lot of people are loving it. Very divisive, yeah. Like, people are either like, this is an amazing film, or they're like, this mm -hmm. is Christopher Nolan's worst movie. Yeah. You know? But I think right now it has, like, a low 70s rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So That's not bad. It's not bad. You know? I, I feel like anything above, above that is, like, it's fine. You know? Yeah. It's, it's a watchable movie. Uh, I actually don't know what his lowest ranked film is. I would say it's probably this or The Dark Knight Rises, maybe, or maybe yeah, even Interstellar. I was going to guess Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. But 
you know, it's always a fun time. Even though I didn't love the movie, I always enjoy walking out of something and really wanting to sit there and talk about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I talked about it the whole ride Same. home. And like, that, I mean, kudos to Nolan for that, at yeah. least, is that he makes art that you can talk about. For sure. Uh, Rather than just cool. like walking out and being like, ah, it's just a shitty movie, I don't yeah, want to talk about it. Totally. Yeah. yeah, you see way too many of those. He is trying stuff. Yeah. Props to him for always, you know, trying to... I don't know, like take things to the next level. Yeah. Like evolve himself, his own art form. Right. Like right. I do respect that about him. Yeah, for sure, for and sure. And I think he's a very, like, he's a genius in a lot of ways. Yeah. And sometimes it really works, and sometimes it's like, I, man, I'm not feeling that one. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, even even the way he makes movies, you know, like, I think we all know that he, like, doesn't use a lot of visual effects. Right. And this movie, for how big it is, I think it, I think I read it only has about 400 visual effects shots. Which is like not a lot That's for a not, movie yeah. that deals with a lot of the stuff that is in there, with like crashing planes mm-hmm. and hel- and you know cars and stuff. It's, yeah. it's pretty impressive. Um, somebody in the uh, chat, Death Star Tacos, who worked on Ad Astra. That was James Gray. I love He's that movie. The, that was oh my god. I love that movie too. It's so good. That might have been my favorite movie of. Was that 2018? Was, was it 2019? Uh, I think it was last year. Yeah. I think that was my favorite movie last year. It was so freaking good. And uh, it came out at the beginning of the year, I think. And then we got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And people kept talking about that movie. Mm-hmm. But I loved Ad Astro with Brad Pitt mm-hmm. way more than I loved Once Upon oh, a Time yeah. in Hollywood. It was so good. Uh, it was, he, a lot of people did not see it, too. Yeah, a lot of people didn't see it. But it's very good. If you if you uh, have any interest in checking out a really well-shot and well-told story, a very interesting story mm-hmm. of like how we... Was it Mars? Or not Mars. It was uh, The Moon. Yeah, how we built like oh the yeah the moon base yeah the yeah. moon base and it the has sci-fi like, was really really it was good cool in that. yeah yeah I really like super the believable yeah I really like the concept of it uh, I would check it out Ad Astra is a really great movie yeah um, but yeah you know I would love to know if anybody in our chat room went uh, oh it's on HBO Max there you go check it out oh, HBO no crap. Max uh, I, I gotta get HBO Max <laughs> I would love Raised to know if anybody in our audience checked out Tenet this weekend because I know there are people in our audience who have theaters open whether it's indoor or outdoor. But I'd love to know if you saw it, what did you think yeah. about Tenet? Um, if your uh, feelings are as kind of mixed as ours. Yeah, I'd love to know. I, I'd i love to continue talking to people about this movie. Same. Because I, I, I'm really on the fence about it. I, yeah. I might have completely different feelings about this movie if I had subtitles. Yeah, same. Same. There might might have been a lot more character development that I didn't hear. Yeah, and well, and it's it's happened before. There's been plenty of times where I've watched movies, even some of Chris Nolan's movies, like with Interstellar, and just watching a movie with subtitles, you like miss out on even little things that people will just blurt out. Yeah, that in the theater, you're like I don't know what they said, but it must not be that relevant. I love watching but with th- subtitles. But then it's like, yeah, but then it's like uh, it's a kind of an important piece of information. Uh, yeah, I prefer. Like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I prefer subtitles uh, yeah. unless it's a comedy movie. I prefer subtitles. I don't like ruining punchlines. Yeah. Uh, with me reading them before the right. actor gets to them because timing is so important. Yeah. But if it's like any other kind of film, I, I always have subtitles on at home. Yeah, I um, I know that when you go to the theater, I don't know how common it is or like how many theaters have it, but you can actually request. Um, they have like a way that you can watch the subtitles. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, I forget how they do it, but it's like a screen that you mount to your seat, and it has the subtitles. Interesting. But the way it's positioned, it almost makes it look like it's uh, playing underneath the movie. It's something really weird. I don't know. We'll how have they do AR it. glasses for that in no time. Yeah. Right. Seriously. Next ten years, I bet. Um, Calling it. 
Florida B said, I saw it in IMAX, of course, but what did you think of the movie? I yeah. want to know what you thought of what it. What are your thoughts? Uh, I would love to know. I would love to see it in IMAX because there there is a few sequences in there. Maybe not as like scale-wise, not as big as something like Interstellar or yeah. Dunkirk. But I think they would be fun to see in IMAX. Yeah, for sure. But I think he, I think this movie, he shot a little bit less IMAX than he did on Dunkirk and Interstellar, possibly. That whole last battle sequence was pretty cool. I would have liked to see that in IMAX. Yeah, that would um, be cool in IMAX. That would have been cool. I thought it was cool uh, just to see like the, 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 the two different timelines working with each other. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I noticed any bad guys. I was like, what are they shooting? Yeah, <laughs> there were like there were like three bad guys, and they had like a full army. It was it was weird in some parts. Yeah, I think I think that's what kind of makes the movie a little bit confusing. It's a little hard to track like who's who, who's who, who's working for who, and why. Yeah, and what what's this government organization that they're fighting with right yeah, now? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's what makes it a little a little difficult. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see it in IMAX. The whole movie shot on sixty five millimeters, so I mean, mm -hmm. I have a very strong feeling that 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 Blu ray when it comes out, that four K Blu ray will be. Real oh, choice. Yeah. Real oh, choice. Yeah. So, yeah. What but, else, man? You know, we it saw is that what it we is. saw that movie. Uh, I'd recommend you go see it. Uh, yeah. but I mean, we don't want to talk about much else because we'll spoil it. Yeah, we don't it. want to spoil it. Yeah. I watched I actually ended up watching Karate Kid last night. Oh, really? Yeah, the movie? The movie. That's I had great. not seen it in a while and I kind of forgot how the movie started, but it was cool to just like see familiar locations mm -hmm. from the show. Yeah. Uh, I'm still not completely caught up on Cobra King se or Cobra Kai season two. Yeah. Um, but man, the movie's so good. You're gonna love the way season two ends. Oh, don't tell me that. Oh, I guess. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, you're gonna love it. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, so this was uh, exciting casting news that happened this morning. Um, so we're going to be, it looks like mm. we're going to be adding Kang the Conqueror right. to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And he's going to be played by Jonathan Majors. Mm -hmm. who, uh, if we, you've been watching Lovecraft Country, he's been uh, the main character in that yeah, yeah. show, at least. And, and he's uh, great, dude. Really, like he's really making his way up. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the projects that he's booking, because playing a character like a major character like this in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is pretty big. He's so good in Lovecraft Country. Yeah. Like what? Like he's he's such a like expressive face. Mm -hmm. uh, like man, he's like so emotional. Yeah. But with that, like he's still like you know like he's very believable emotional. Like oh, yeah. this is how like a hard man would act. But like you can see so much mm -hmm. from from just his facial expressions. Yeah, I an think actor. and I think a lot of people were a bit surprised to hear that the first movie we're going to see a character like this is in Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah. But um okay, everybody go watch Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I say this every week. Oh, right. Uh the relationship, I can't remember quite, but the relationship with the Pym particles and uh Kang the Conqueror mm -hmm. become very important in that storyline mm -hmm. and it's really interesting. Uh so I w I would go watch uh Earth's Mightiest Heroes cuz They've like they literally watch that show yeah. whenever they're making these movies because there are so many branching narratives yeah. that they take into the movie universe straight from that show. Nice. It was a good test bed for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it seems like it because it seems like whenever I whenever I ask people about that show or I t or anybody mentions that show, they're always talking about how like how much that show is like could be paving the way for what's happening in movies mm -hmm. because it's so rich and it's so good and it's so deep with its storytelling. Yeah. And I, I'm somebody who's like, I'm not very familiar with the character of Kang the Conqueror and just reading a little bit about the character and how, how Kang really is not, not the embodiment, but very much as a character whose adventures kind of 
span time and space. Mm -hmm. And to think that like we just had Avengers Endgame, which was all about time travel and dealing with you know multiverses and and how all of that's affected. Yeah. And to now have a character who's going who somewhat embodies a lot of that stuff and is going to start making his way into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'm like, damn, this could lead into some very interesting territory. This could lead into bringing in some really interesting characters into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and not not you know none of like what the uh big picture mission with this character has been revealed but a lot of people have immediately started talking about how this character could lead into the arrival of the young or the new Avengers mm -hmm. and that includes a character like Cassie Lang who's uh or um Scott Lang's daughter and ends up becoming an Avenger in the comic books. Yeah. And how this could pave the way for, like, you know, whether or not Vision and Wanda end up really having kids or it all ends up being kind of like a mind thing. Yeah. You know, it could lead to just so many opportunities to bring in new characters. And on top of that, it could lead to an opportunity to open up the world to the Fantastic Four mm -hmm. and the X-Men. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if Marvel, Cinema if Marvel Studios now has the rights to the X-Men and the Fantastic Four... Of course, they're going to want to find a way to incorporate those characters seamlessly into that universe. Yeah. And if using concepts like multiverse or time or or big, you know, these big intergalactic villains like Kang the Conqueror will lead them to that opportunity, then of course they're going to take that and, and run with it. So yeah. it makes total sense to me. But it's a very interesting backstory of this character who like travels to ancient Egypt and travels into the future mm -hmm. only because he like misses his trajectory and how he affects all these different timelines and how in one multiverse, the adolescent version of himself is actually an Avenger mm. and how that Avenger has to deal with like coming to terms with the fact that he ends up becoming an intergalactic villain. Yeah, yeah, he's a really interesting character in the cartoon, yeah. um, which that is all I know of him is mm -hmm. from Earth's Mightiest Heroes. But if I remember right, he came back in time to kill Captain America because Captain America's existence created an anomaly in his own trajectory. Ah. So he's like a he's like this, um, I guess, self-fulfilling conqueror that yeah. has to go through time to make sure he becomes, you know, powerful. Right. And I like that concept. It's really cool. Yeah, I like the... And with a movie like Eternals coming out, I wonder if like if they could sprinkle some seeds about Kang the Conqueror and who who he is and, and his journeys through uh, time and space. Yeah. Even though I know Eternals is something that takes place like thousands of years before the MCU, but I wonder if there's a way to kind of like at least tie that in just, without giving us Jonathan Majors as the character, but yeah. just like like they did with Thanos in the first Avengers mm -hmm. movie, just a little tease. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think it could be really really interesting to see. And there's so many big comic book runs, too. Like, I was doing some research, and they talk about... So, like, one of the major comic book runs has uh, that's been at the center of his story uh, is a comic book called uh, Kang Dynasty from 2001 to 2002. It's a 16-part series uh, where he actually ends up succeeding and taking over the world. And I'm like, dude, yeah. this could be some crazy stuff in, uh, in, in Phase 4 if we actually, like, let the villain win. Uh, just like we let Thanos win, but then, you know, like, how do you reverse that? Yeah. Or maybe they don't go down that route because it would feel too much of a repetition of what they've already done. But, you know, I think it could be cool. I think having a villain that can introduce the next generation of Avengers and have a character like Scott Lang and Pym Particles and that whole, mm -hmm. like, subgenre of the Marvel Universe play into that, and maybe having Paul Rudd be sort of a... Uh, father-like figure to these new Avengers could be really cool and a new role for him. 
Yeah. You know, and because I think previously we were kind of used to Robert Downey Jr. kind of occupying that spot. Yeah. But it would be awesome to see Paul Rudd uh, to take on that role. I think it'd be fun and new for him. Uh, also, Paul Rudd is just a kid, just like every one of us. I want to say, I want to say that his presence in that in that cartoon episode too. I think it was that, um, and it was it was several episodes. I think it was three mm. or four episodes. He was sort of a sympathetic character of like, no, you have to trust me. I need to kill Captain America because if I don't, like the Earth will be destroyed. King the Conqueror. Yeah, interesting. So he wasn't necessarily a bad guy. Just yeah. a guy from the future coming back to be like, I have to kill this guy because. I've seen that he will destroy Earth by existing. That's so interesting. Yeah, uh, but I don't. I don't remember getting through that, and I, I. I don't remember if that was proven to be true or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can we please get a Luis MCU recap, Marvel? I've been asking for this for years. <laughs> I want this so bad. Yeah. <laughs> having having Michael Pena recap the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe would be. An amazing like YouTube special, YouTube video yeah. or Blu-ray special feature, or like a, a post-credit scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I actually I think it would be really cool. So now that we've like now that we've concluded Phase Three and we're going to go into Phase Four, I think it would be amazing for people who are going to go see Black Widow if the movie like starts. Like, okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on, I gotta let you know how we got here. A pre-credit scene. Yeah, a pre-credit scene. It's just Michael Pena explaining all the events. So people are like, okay, now they know everything that's happened. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think something like that could be that's so a, damn cool. That's a great idea. I think it'd be so fun. He almost did something like that. And there was a Hall H video that came out. I think it was in 2017. When did Ant-Man and the Wasp come out? 2018? I think it was the year before when they announced the whole cast for the movie. Uh, he did something like that in a Hall H panel, and it was awesome. Really? And I would love to That's see cool. it. That's yeah, really I cool. Yeah, think, I think it would be so damn fun to see something like that. But, yeah, in terms of the character, I think if Kang the Conqueror is has the opportunity to bring in and usher in a new team of Avengers and to allow us to explore the, the Marvel Universe in ways that would, like, lead to the forging of the Fantastic Four and the new X-Men, then, like, hell yeah, dude. Let's do it. Yeah. Totally. And, and Jonathan Majors is an amazing actor in the stuff that I've seen him in. So even if this character, or even if he came in and he got to play Kang in like multiple iterations of his life mm-hmm. and being like somewhat of like just like a villain, an anti hero, and a complicated hero, I, I think all that's going be fun. I'm not up to date on this weird Sony uh, Marvel tug of war uh-huh. sharing of Spider Man. Is there any possibility for him to be a new Avenger, Tom Holland? Um, I think that as of right now, Tom Holland and his whole like Spider-Man franchise, Mm -hmm. they are making one more movie with Marvel Mm -hmm. Studios. Mm -hmm. After that, I think it's kind of up in the air again, Mm. which is a little frustrating because I think Tom Holland should be a new Avenger. Yeah, he could even be like a leader of the new Avengers, you know, with, For a, sure. with a Tony Stark suit. Yeah. Like, I, I, with Jarvis, basically, I, Exactly. I, I really do think that Spider-Man could be a new Avenger easily. I think he could be on the forefront. Yeah. I think a lot of people for a while were, were talking about how, like, Black Panther and Captain Marvel could also be. Like, I think you could have it be Black Panther, Captain Marvel, and Spider-Man, who are the more, like, not necessarily veteran characters. Yeah, because, but they've been there to save the world. Yeah, you know, and unfortunately, you know, we don't have Chadwick Boseman anymore, but right. I think like I think it's very possible that a character like Shuri could take on the mantle. Mm-hmm. And I think because of what type of character she is, I think her, um, Carol Danvers, and Peter Parker could very much be the most um, 
veteran yeah like characters and i think ant-man also but i think ant-man is going to be more of like that parental figure right where yeah, he'll, he'll still I go agree. on missions but i think like i think they're really going to try to bring in new avengers to deal with these like bigger sort of missions yeah and i think paul rudd ant-man and even like thor and some of those other characters they will still have prominent roles in the marvel cinematic universe but i imagine that the i imagine kevin feige and his team they want to have the opportunity to bring in new young audiences yeah, as well. totally. Because yeah. we grew up with Thor, Cap, and Iron Man and all these characters. Well, yeah, and it's just there's so many characters. Like, why not? So, yeah. Why not have fun with it and exactly. introduce more? Exactly. And I, and I definitely think that we'll have another movie, another Avengers movie that will bring in all of those characters yeah. in, like, a new way yeah. that will be different from Avengers Endgame, of course. Like, I think that will, I think that will be the thing. But this time you'll get to see characters... You know, like Spider-Man, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, you know, maybe Professor Hulk, probably Jane Foster Thor, hopefully alongside characters like Cyclops and Wolverine, yeah. you know, and, and the Fantastic Four. Like, that's that to me is like, sounds so cool. dude, if that's like the that's next generation dream. of Marvel, then I'm like, dude, let's go for it. Man. Yeah, I think that's a dream. Awesome. Yeah, I could I could see this new Avengers thing uh, with a, like a lot of new characters. But then for that, you know, that endgame level team up movie it's like we don't know what we're gonna do yeah we're, we're like on our last leg there's nothing else we can do and then you hear it's, oh hulk showed <laughs> yeah. up and then lightning from the yeah. sky oh jane foster oh, sure. thor's here yeah. yeah we're okay i think there's so many they're like the veteran gods that are yeah. basically unstoppable now and on top of that you know you got to look at also their disney plus lineup they have she hulk coming they have Blade, who's going to be showing up. I don't know how connected Blade will be in mm. future movies, um, but then they also have Captain, um, not Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel coming. Yeah, Kate Bishop is going to be in the Hawkeye series. So they're like they're sprinkling the seeds for a young team to show up. Yeah, it makes total sense that we're going to kind of like usher in this new team of characters, but we'll still have veteran players like. Hawkeye, Ant-Man, Hulk, you mm -hmm. know, to be in the background. Make those appearances. Yeah, to make those appearances and to also just continue to be in their own movies. Mm -hmm. You know, I know Chris Hemsworth talked about recently that he is not really, like, interested personally to, like, hang up his role in the MCU. Mm -hmm. But he says, like, obviously that's very much dependent on Marvel if they want to continue having me, but I want to stay and play in the in the sandbox that is the Marvel. Tons of fun Thor one-shot stories they could be doing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm very, very excited for Thor Love and Thunder. Mm -hmm. um, having Taika back, obviously, but also I'm very curious to see how what they do with this Jane Foster story yeah. and how it kind of plays into the bigger universe. So it's exciting stuff. I think having a character like this immediately sparks a lot of conversations as to how it can bring in other characters. And I think that's been one of the things that I've really enjoyed seeing online today is people theorizing and talking about what could be. Yeah. And I think and that that's something we exciting. haven't, that's some like, man, we haven't had that in months. You yeah. Know? We haven't had that. Marvel's like, been pretty quiet. That feeling of whenever they would announce a character yeah. in a Marvel movie that, you know, four or five years ago, you'd yeah. be like, oh my God, this could mean a million things. Right. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Like we haven't had that in a while. Yeah, exactly. And I think having a character like this, um, yeah, it just leads to good conversations. I, yeah. I'm excited to talk about it more with people online and just to see people's theories. And, you know, you know this is going to spawn a ton of videos of, like, how they can use this character yeah. and how we can build up the new Phase 4. I'm like, dude, I'm yeah. all about it. So Me too, yeah. Let's keep having that it's conversation. Yeah. I and, love yeah, it. I mean, great work, Jonathan Majors, for continuing to land some really, really big roles. So cool. Dude's a great actor. So cool. Uh, I did skip over one thing that I do want to talk about. Uh, Watchmen swept the Television Critic Awards of 2020 
and I just want to highlight that because I thought it was probably like one of the best shows last year. Absolutely. Uh, I absolutely loved it. And it ended up winning multiple awards. Uh, ended up winning Achievement in Drama for Regina King, mm -hmm. Outstanding New Program, Outstanding Achievement in Movie Miniseries or Special, and Program of the Year. I think it's also a really good year for Regina King, who just had a directorial debut come out that like people are talking about nonstop. Yeah. Um, so it was just really nice to see this show get the uh, attention that it deserves because it was for sure my favorite show of last year. Mm -hmm. um, and I still have yet to see a show that really like dominates it. I, and I know that's I kind of like the a best tough, show last year. Yeah. yeah, like I think that's like a really tough thing to ask of other shows to be like, be as good as Watchmen. But it's been a long time since I've watched a show. And like I love stuff like Stranger Things. But it's been a long time since I've seen a show that has like captured me. Yeah. Like that. It hits on a different level. Yeah. Like Stranger Things kind of taps into like a nostalgic, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that kids on bikes feel that we all love. Yeah. Uh, but this is like timely and political and important, you know, mm -hmm. while also being a really badass superhero story. Yeah. Or hero story. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so, yeah, it, it came out at the right, right time uh, and it was incredibly relevant. You know, mm -hmm. which made it just it was just captivating. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Wiley CH is asking, what is everyone's favorite superhero? Do you have one? Hmm. I think mine's Thor. It's usually been Thor. Yeah. I Thor's always cool. say Thor. Uh, but I, I used to like to read Norse Norse myth books in high school. Ah, uh, yeah. And got real big into that before <laughs> I even knew that they were the two were connected. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't either. Uh, mine has always been Superman always been superman uh, i still don't feel like we've gotten a a version of the character on screen that completely encapsulates what i love about the character yeah i think every movie version has like tapped into it a little bit but it hasn't fully been envisioned yet and i really hope that someday we can get a superman movie or story where everybody unanimously can be like, oh, that's a cool character. Because mm. I think now, still, a lot of people are like, well, I don't relate to him because he can fly and and uh, he can shoot lasers out of his eyes. I relate to Batman more. And I'm like, really? The multi-billionaire who had parents that were murdered? That's who you relate to more? Yeah, who, man. Like, went off on an adventure Same. for 12 years and learned martial arts and how to be a scientist and a detective? That one? Yeah, okay. He's human, dude. <laughs> like, oh, all right, you know, I mean, multi-billionaire human. But yeah, yeah. I relate to that. I'm like, man, okay. I, I guess everybody else is Elon Musk except for me. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Um, but I do love Batman as well. It's just Superman. I don't know. There's there's just like things about the character that I'm like, oh, he doesn't fit in. You know, he you know he he's he's kind of like this outcast. He always yeah. is on the outskirts of everything, even though he has like the biggest heart. And I'm like, I. Those are things that I can relate with. Yeah. And I'm like, so I think that's why I really gravitate towards that character a lot more. But, you know, yeah, I would has say their own favorite. Superman's weaknesses, weirdly, are the most human. Yeah. Because he is, like, you know, the most powerful all time. Right. So then he is weak in a lot of ways that uh, other, you know, characters and superheroes are able to take advantage of. And it's just yeah. like having a family and mm -hmm. people around me and being out in public and stuff. He doesn't get to have good friends and such. Yeah. And I think it's Superman's... He's always on the job. Yeah, and I think it's his power set that has always, like, pushed people away from him. Because, mm -hmm. like, he can fly. He can do all these extraordinary things. And I'm like, I, I get that. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's... I think a movie needs to... It needs to show the limitations of that power set. Yeah. And it also, I think, needs to, like... 
Because I think Superman over the years, he became so powerful that he became... That's what made him godlike. Yeah. But if you watch a lot of original Superman like cartoons like Max Fleischer or read very old comic books, if he got shot with like a cannonball, it would force him back. You know, yeah. like he took damage. Right. Um, he would just be uh, like little like bullets, things like that. Those would bounce off of him. But if he gets hit by something big enough, it like really can hurt him in the sense that it can yeah. knock him unconscious and all these things. But we've never just really like played with that version right. of Superman that I, I would like to see in a movie at some point. Yeah, I feel that. You feel me? I feel that, dude. I feel that completely. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. It's uh, I like seeing also like other, other comic book characters that people uh, like Nightwing and all kinds of stuff. Also, we didn't talk about this. We should probably mention what our schedule is for today. Oh, yeah. Uh, guys, what's up? Welcome to Hypercast. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, another 17 minutes. We'll still be here. <laughs> yeah. Um, after this, we're going to be playing this uh, this tabletop game over here, Laser Riders. Uh, we played this on the what? channel a couple years ago, but it's it's a really fun game. I like it a lot. It's basically Tron, uh, tabletop style. Uh, lots of lots of really cool imagery, uh, and it, it's it's really fun. Is all I can say about it. You'll see what that's like in about eighteen to twenty minutes. Yeah, dude. we'll be playing that. Malik is going to come down after that, so that'll be from uh, five, five to, to seven. seven. After that, we have our all new GM. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons show. Yeah, yeah they're playing D and D five E. That's called Game Master's Gauntlet. Yes, Game Master's Gauntlet. It's going to be Emily Rose Jacobson, Matt Acevedo, Abria Iyengar, and Bert Jennings. And they're going. They are every week. They will pass the baton to each other, and they will continue to sell the same campaign. So we'll see how we how we live through this campaign with four different GMs controlling the narrative. Yep. It's going to be fun. There's some fun incentives that we've got planned. There's going to be opportunities for you guys to vote as well that will help kind of like uh, determine some of the, the some of the uh, dynamics of the story. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys are going to be able to in, in, to uh, participate in a lot of fun ways. We hope, at least. So that'll be happening at seven o'clock, and uh, I'm really excited about it. It's been fun. Emily and I worked on it over the weekend to find fun ways to let you guys interact with the show outside of um, outside of the one shot store, which yeah. is great. But you know, we wanted to really incorporate some sort of like voting thing where you guys really felt like you had a hand in in what could happen. And uh, I will give you a little bit of a tease. It's going to be on you guys today to determine who GMs next week's episode. Oh, snap. So like a vote? Yeah. So we're oh, going cool. to let, let the audience decide who, who GMs every episode. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. I hope you tune in. That's at 7 o'clock after we play Laser Riders. After Laser, Rise, Laser Riders. Yeah, yeah I, saw some, I saw someone say Hollow Box. Yeah, this this uh, Laser Riders is one of my favorite packaged games. So here you there are f uh, five characters you can play. Or it looks like four, and they're in like these VHS boxes. That's awesome. It's so cool, dude. And they have these awesome art, like, uh, basically like covers. That's super fun. Yeah. This is uh, like this is like for a person like me who loves like movie collections. I'm like, this is for me right here. Yeah. They've also I can get into this. They also have a soundtrack, an official soundtrack for yeah. the game. You can buy for ten bucks and play it while you're playing. That's awesome. Uh, which I guess we won't do because maybe it's copyrighted and we might. Yeah. Lose, our lose our channel forever. Yeah, so. we don't want to do that. Yeah. We don't want to do that. So yeah, that'll be. So this will be at five, and then Game Master's Gauntlet will be at seven. Please come show show your support for that team. Yeah, uh, they've been working on it uh, all week, and uh, we just really appreciate you guys check it out. We know a lot of people have been wanting to see more RPGs back on the channel, so we are doing everything in our power to make that happen. Uh, even though like logistically, it's a little tough sometimes. Uh, you know, because I think like we've we've just become so used to hosting everything in our house, but mm -hmm. because of COVID and, and all the new rules and laws, 
you know, we, we're very limited with how we can have people in the studio and what we can do. So yeah. we wanted to still make RPG content, but we wanted to figure out how to do it in a way that would like not require everyone to be in the studio at the same yeah. time because as you can see you know these are open table spaces so we can't necessarily mix and match people and i know we're, we're going to be like thinking a lot tonight uh, about how we can do this uh, yes. with other rpgs and mm -hmm. friends of ours so yeah tune in tonight if you really really love the rpgs that we've been putting on this channel please show up show your support and let us know that this is the kind of thing you want to see mm -hmm. Because if you we'll don't, just, we're going to be like, oh, I guess the audience yeah, doesn't we'll want us to watch we'll this. We'll go the other direction. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll play Laser Riders yeah, all day. That's right, baby. Uh, and then for the rest of the week, we're also kind of working out the rest of our schedule. Uh, we're hoping that on Friday we'll be actually, we'll be able to actually go do our IRL miniature golf session that we, we wanna, couldn't do. We want to play miniature golf. Yeah. And uh, we couldn't do it on Friday because uh, fires and really terrible, bad air quality. So we're hoping that on Friday we'll be able to do that. And then plenty of other stuff that we've got going on throughout the week that we'll keep you guys updated on yeah. uh, as well. I think we're going to try socials. to play um, Game of Thrones Risk on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a Game of Thrones Risk, and it's very in-depth. It's got yeah. some different rules, so I'm trying to learn it. Yep, yep. And then I know Zach yesterday had a subscriber-only stream where he teased some stuff that we're going to be doing uh, this week. So be on the lookout for that. It has a lot to do with some of the stuff you see on screen right now. It mm. might be changing. It might mm. be getting an update. Mm. It might be getting a facelift. You might like it. I hope you like it. I'm pretending to not love to know it. what we're talking about. Yeah, I don't know what we're talking about either. We're getting a new table. Don't tell anybody. Just Wait, kidding. Just Wait, kidding. Fake, fake rumors. This table was only periodic? <laughs> <laughs> only, it's only, <laughs> only for the next uh, yeah three days. No, but, uh, but yeah, just be on the lookout. We've got some fun stuff dropping that I think will be, uh, yes, I'm getting a facelift. It's finally time. <laughs> I look 75 and uh, hey, man. it was time. It was just time. Yeah, I'm getting a haircut. That that's our new exciting reveal. Yeah. I'm getting a, a high fade. <laughs> Adam's getting fired for spilling tea. I guess. Hey, didn't Zach spill enough tea yesterday? Did he? I don't know. It's fine. We'll be fine. It's okay. It's fine. Just be here at seven to watch the new RPG. Goddamn it. Yeah, we'll see you at seven for sure. You're gonna be there. Yeah, you're gonna and be there. You're gonna bring all your friends and family. You're gonna tell all your homies about it, and it's gonna be a good old time. Yeah. Uh, over the weekend, they also made an announcement that uh, TikTok was being acquired by uh, Jesus. I just forgot the name of the company. Uh, it's being acquired by not Oblivion. Microsoft. Oh, Oracle. Quibi. Oracle. Oracle. Oracle is the company. Um, but it's not a regular sale. They're not actually transferring ownership. Um, Oracle, though? Yeah. Is that the Oracle I'm thinking of? company. Yeah, they're in, like, San Jose. I, I remember yeah. seeing their... They did, um, like... They do, like, software stuff, right? I believe so, yeah. Let me look it up. And so they're being credited as an official U.S. tech partner of TikTok as opposed to flat out being bought out by TikTok. Um, obviously, there was like a huge bidding war with Microsoft and Walmart wanting to go in on TikTok, and that kind of fell through. And then over the weekend, they announced that Oracle was going to be the new U.S. tech partner of the company. Not, not necessarily fully selling out. Uh, ByteDance is not like selling it out to Oracle, but they're partnering with them. But probably imagine it means they're going to have some stake in the company and ownership and all that sort of stuff. Um, all of that being said, we're not necessarily going to talk about TikTok. 
Uh, I feel like we've talked about TikTok quite a bit. Yeah, in the screw last TikTok. Weeks. We're going to talk about YouTube, right? <laughs> YouTube actually announced that they're making a TikTok copycat called YouTube Shorts that will allow users to create 15-second videos as a way to compete with the platform. It's the same thing that Instagram just did with Reels. Mm-hmm. And I don't know like how I feel about these things. Yeah. Where one platform makes something that does incredibly well. And then everyone copies. And then everyone just copying it without understanding like what makes that thing so well received and special. Yeah. Uh, because I don't see users of TikTok jumping ship unless they're forced to. Yeah. Uh, so then I think it's just giving YouTube creators that are already making stuff an extra thing that they feel like they have to do. Yeah. Um, I don't know though. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll have some revolutionary idea. I'm just wondering how they implement this and like, is it doing the thing again? (laughs) Why Uh, is it doing the thing again? Everything to me feels like pollution of the things that I already use. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, how are they going to implement this that doesn't annoy me? Yeah. Like, what are they, how are they going to bring this in? Is it going to be maybe its own app, I wonder? I don't know. Because, like, Instagram, when they launched IGTV, it was, like, its own app. Yeah. And if you uploaded natively through Instagram TV, you had longer videos. You had more features. You could do all kinds of stuff. And nobody really jumped on board with that app. Yeah. People post IGTV stuff, but they just do it through Instagram. Because who wants to go through the trouble of uploading stuff through a desktop uh, website browser when you can't even like act Instagram has that problem that like they don't even have a desktop version yeah you're just logging into something that looks like the mobile app on a wide screen yeah it's really annoying to try to use Instagram it's, on your computer it's really annoying and I think if YouTube actually also introduced what you we would basically consider you uh, Instagram stories on the platform mm-hmm. too and that also has like not really taken off that well, in my opinion. Right. I don't know how many creators actively use that feature. I feel like the most use that YouTube users, the most things that YouTube users use is just uploading a straight video or the community tab. Yeah. And even that community tab, I don't think is like that much, that like well utilized. Right. I think people that will look to a, your Twitter before they yeah. look to your community tab. And that tab. was just a Facebook feature, basically, that they adopted yeah. into YouTube. Totally. So it's now, we've now adopted a YouTube feature into YouTube, an Instagram stories thing into YouTube, and now a TikTok feature into YouTube. And I'm like, why don't we just focus on creating new YouTube features for YouTube? Yeah. I think YouTube has like struggled for years to be, to create really good tools for transparency on monetization Mm -hmm. and ad partnerships and revenue and all these things. But I'm like, why are you implementing all these like weird copycat, uh, I don't know, tools yeah. into your platform. I don't know. I don't I just, know what's going to do for the platform. I imagine, like, I follow very few people on YouTube, mm-hmm. and I like how those people, when they upload something, I get a notification, I go to their page, I watch it. Yeah. Um, that's about three creators. I'm imagining, like, how do they implement this story thing mm-hmm. on their page without it being just, like, so much yeah uh unless it's like its own tab over here right uh but then like why would you even want to make them if they're separated over here i don't know yeah it's really weird and i mean i know instagram has done a pretty good job in my opinion of being able to when you go make a story you can swap from a story to a boomerang to a live to Mm -hmm. a reel i think they've done that really really well i think if you're going to continue to like be a platform that implements those similar types of features you got to be able to do it the same way that instagram has yeah because i think it's Instagram has done it like in the cleanest way. Yeah. I think TikTok's interface 
to accommodate exactly what that is is perfect. Mm -hmm. I think their uh, interface is is clean. I think it's easy to use. Mm -hmm. I think um, it's pretty fast for the most part. And I think YouTube is just kind of like, I don't know. They're always like the last one in line who's like, oh, let me copy your homework. Yeah. I'm like, man, there's so many other things that I think YouTube could be doing, including just like cleaning up their, their, their interface. And I don't know. There's a lot of things that I like about Vimeo that I won't use because nobody is active on Vimeo yeah, anymore. No, nobody's really using Nobody's Vimeo. really using it, but I'm like, man, there's so much cool stuff on here. Mm-hmm. Like the ability, honestly, one of the biggest features that I love about Vimeo that I cannot believe that in 15 years YouTube has still not adopted is being able to replace a file. Yeah. Oh, man. Because sometimes it happens. Like yeah. I've edited episodes of Hyper Heroes where I've like made editorial errors and instead of just being able to replace the file, I have to literally delete the old one yeah. and upload a new one. Yeah, and I'm and pretty I sure that. I'm pretty sure the Vimeo process so that you're not like um, you know, like getting a bunch of likes on a video and then completely replacing it and making it like yeah. look like someone else. I'm pretty sure the Vimeo process they have like a it watches the video and makes sure that they're like ninety five percent match. Yeah. So if you make like a small little error, you can just be like, Ugh Yeah. Here's this other video. And it I've... keeps the old version up until the new version has completely exactly. processed. Yeah. It's it's and a I great feature. That. I also love the um password protected uh, yes. feature on Vimeo yep. where you can really share stuff between uh, people mm. very, very easily. Yeah, uh, That's like, I use Vimeo whenever I'm showing a client a, a video I've shot. I'll upload it there, password yep. protect it, and send it over. Yeah, I it's, think... It's just way more... You can do that on YouTube. It's just like, I'm going to send you like an unlisted private video. Yeah, which I'm not crazy about yeah. because I, I it, like, it has no protection. Right. You know, you give somebody the link. And they can just toss it around. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Yeah. And, you, you know, with a password, you can send them a specific password and then change it. Mm-hmm. And your files will always be protected. Especially because YouTube, with how many creators deal with sponsors and affiliates and all that sort of stuff. You know, like we, we have one every um, every month here at Skillshare. And I, I'm i fine with sending them an unlisted link, but man, it'd be great to have that little, little extra bit of protection yeah. where little, I could send them- A password video. Yeah, a little password video. Or if they want me to make changes, you know, I can update the edit mm-hmm. and I can just replace the file, send them the same link with the same password. Oh, that's it. And that's it's just it like, right dude, there. Yeah. why can that not be a feature? I don't yeah. get it. So I think there's a lot of other things that YouTube can be figuring out. Uh, and I wish they would. I yeah. really wish they would above all else. Just trying to copy what every other platform is doing. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. I guess it is. It is. I uh, guess it is. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. But, guys, uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a few minutes with Laser Ride. Stick around. We'll see you in the Jiffy Lube. Huh. Don't go anywhere.